today, again, is just a great, uh, it's a great day. Again, it's one of my um, favorite days um, of the whole year. Today is a day that we celebrate um, all the hard work uh, of our graduates these last 12, 13 years. Uh, But not only do we congratulate them on the hard work that they've done, but we also take a few moments and we congratulate the parents and the part that they've played in this whole thing as well. Uh, they were the ones, I know, uh, who have encouraged them to just continue to press on, even when things got difficult, but to press on and make it. They were the ones that were there when some of the rest of us weren't, who were there cheering them on when they were doing good, and at the same time, when they were making mistakes, or they'd fail, or they'd come up short, they were the ones there that were picking them up. They were the ones that, Without them in our lives, we might not have succeeded. However, and we, again, we just celebrate you this morning, moms and dads, as well as our high school students. However, as much as we want to celebrate you, and I know that you're going to be doing plenty of that in the next couple of weeks, we just don't, we don't want to leave it there. We want uh, what you've just accomplished um, these last how many years, or right now, is just one of, of many steps that you're going to be taking um, in life. And while high school graduation, for some of you, how many of you would agree high school graduation came quicker than what you thought, right? High school graduation comes quicker than you think sometimes. And while that happens, I got some news for you. The future steps are going to come even quicker. As a matter of fact, just recently myself, uh, probably about a month ago, I received a, a Facebook message from a girl that I went to high school with. And she's already telling me how um, some of the plans that they're going to be making for next year for my 20th high school. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and some of you guys are like, yeah, how about 40 and 50 year or high school grad, or, so a reunion? You know, life speeds up so fast, doesn't it? And you know what? One of the ways that we could remember what, what high school was like a little bit better is by having a yearbook. Does that, did anybody purchase a yearbook when you were in high school? You guys too? Purchase a yearbook? How many of you, excluding you guys, how many of you still have your high school yearbook? All right? Hey, look at that. It, you know, in that, that high school yearbook is incredible, isn't it? I mean, it is filled with so many memories. I mean, it has pictures of your classmates, of your teachers. Um, it has those last little things that you said to each other, you know, or they said to you before you parted your ways. Those are in there. Uh, maybe for some of you, maybe something really cool happened at your high school this year, maybe you won state football championship or something like that, you'll find that as well highlighted in there. But you know what else is fun about the high school yearbook is you can look up the people that were in your school who, before you graduated, that person was the one who was um, voted most likely to succeed, or the, the, the couple that was most likely to get married, or the, the person that was most likely to be famous. And you can go and you can check and you can see how much that stuff really, really pans out. But you know what else you'll find in a high, sp- a high school uh, yearbook, and sometimes this is a little bit troubling, is that you'll see some of the faces of the friends of yours who over the past how many years have really messed up their lives. You'll see pictures of your friends, some friends that you knew who went to college, right? But they didn't finish college because they were too interested in goofing around to study. 
You'll see pictures of some of the friends in your school, the 50% of them that statistics will tell us uh, won't have a successful marriage. You'll see pictures of those things. Those are the kinds of things that that we don't really want to see, but they are reality. And here's the thing. The fact of the matter is, guys, is there, there is life beyond the yearbook. There is life beyond the yearbook. Your parents have been preparing you for so much more than just getting through high school. Your Sunday school teachers that you've had, your small group leaders, people from the church who have invested in your life, have been invested in your life for so much more than just getting through high school. All of them, along with many others, have been taking some time to help prepare you for life beyond the yearbook. And while I could sit here and I could tell you stories of people that I know or stories of people that have failed how many years after high school, I want to talk to you just about something a little bit differently this morning. I want to, I want to if I can, I want to talk to you about students who have Christ in their life, but over the years have compartmentalized their faith. And because of that, now we're facing some serious consequences. I want to talk to you about students, and I got this little bit different of perspective, in which I've had an opportunity to speak into their lives, fail to add Christ to every part of their life. And because of that, are really struggling. You know, if we, if we can this morning, that's what I'd like to focus on. You see, the past couple weeks, as I've been in my office and I've been trying to figure out exactly you know, what it is, what it is that you share. Uh, what's, that, what's that one thing that I want to tell you guys? Because I know that many of you are going to hear a lot of things, you know, that one last thing. So it's difficult to come up with that one last thing that you really want to share. But the one thing that kept coming to my mind is this idea of allowing your faith to impact every single part of your life. To not compartmentalize, to not separate God from certain parts of your life, but including Him in every part. And another way of saying that is, you know what, don't just invite God into your life while you're at church on Sunday, but every part. Because here's what we know, all right? And if you're honest about this, you probably already see this as well, and maybe you're already doing this this morning, I don't know. But when you move beyond the yearbook, when you move out of high school, and you move out of the watchful eye of your parents, our tendency is to compartmentalize our faith. You know what I'm talking about? We let God know what areas of our life He can be involved in and what areas that we don't want Him involved in. And if you're honest, you you know this to be true. You really do. Many followers of Christ, many Christians, as they move beyond the yearbook, really, some of them, they really don't want God involved in certain portions of their life, especially maybe things like moral issues. You know what I mean? I mean, this whole idea of waiting you know, to have sex until I'm married, it really doesn't work for me. Matter of fact, I'm not even sure if I believe in marriage because you know what, as I look around, so many people are just going about the living together thing. That sounds so much better. I'm just not sure. Many Christians or students, as they move beyond the yearbook, or yearbook would rather God stay out of issues that have to do with my friends. Because you see what, God doesn't know my friends as good as I do, Right? Or what's the big deal if my closest friends are not believers? And there's so many more. We keep keep our faith separated from what we watch. We keep our faith separated from decisions that we make. 
We keep our faith separated uh, from our decision on who to marry. I mean, what's the big deal if the person I choose to marry is not a follower of Christ? Pastor Al, we're in love. We keep our faith separated from how we spend our money. Does God really want me to give 10%? I mean, does He really? We keep our faith separated from what we decide to put in our bodies. I mean, who really cares if it's just a couple beers? There's so much in which we just choose not to allow our faith to impact our lives. And why do we do this? It's just, you know what, it just seems like that's the correct way. And you know what then? Here's what we find out. When things go wrong and they end up less than we expected, what do we do? We question where God was. Don't we? We question where He was. We question why He allowed this to happen to me. We question why He allowed this to happen to my career, my marriage. And we question whether or not He even really cares. Don't we? And all along the way, the problem had nothing to do with God. It's got to do with us. See, we have failed to let Him, we have failed to let our faith impact every part of our lives. And because of that, the end result is a life less than what God prepared for each one of us. And here's two things. Uh, here's the thing. Again, you've know, you know this. Maybe you've experienced this already. One of two things is going to happen when you compartmentalize your faith. Either number one, you're going to miss God's best. Or number two, you're going to experience some negative consequences. Some of them life-altering. And you know, we don't just see this in our world today, do we? We see it all throughout Scripture. I mean, just think for a second. A couple examples. How about the, the people of Israel? A great example. Here's the people of God, right? The people that God gave His law to, the people that God followed and led in the desert for 40 years, and they failed to let God impact every part of their life. God told them, you know, don't go out and serve these foreign gods, but what did they do? God told them, don't go taking yourself wives from other nations for your sons. What did they do? And because of that, we know that God moved past that. He forgave them and He restored them. We know that. But maybe they missed God's best for their life. Or how about another example? We're all familiar with, the, the, uh, we're all familiar with Solomon, correct? Wisest man ever lived. Wisest man ever lived. But yet chose not let God impact a certain part of his life. His relationships. The ones that he had going with women. You know the story, right? God told him, he says, you know, don't take wives from other nations because if you do, they're going to turn your heart away from me. But I could just imagine him sitting there thinking, you know what, I've got it under control. And so, he, and so we know the story, and the story goes, he, he took these wives and they turned his heart away from God eventually. And then what was the end result of this whole thing? God tore the kingdom out of his hand. And you know what, I know you guys, you're going to be living in that tension that tension that says, you know what, I really want to do what God wants for my life. But at the same time, I really, really want to do, I really want to do what I want to do. I really want to do what those people, my friends and those people that are living in my world, I really want to do what they want to do. Because you know what, maybe it's better, Pastor Al. And again, some of you, whether you're a teenager or you're an adult, you can have already identify with the struggle, wanting to do what God wants me to do, but at the same time, wanting to do what I want to do. Some of you this morning, maybe you're already experiencing some negative consequences or maybe some pain that you never dreamed would happen because you left God out of certain parts of your life. 
So how do you deal with this? How do you stop compartmentalizing your faith? You know what? God's Word answers that question. That's what I love about His Word. It answers that question. Let's look together this morning and kind of discover this answer ourselves. And if you've got your Bible, in just a minute, we're going to turn to Romans chapter 12. We're going to turn there in just a second. And you know what? I know that I've said this before, but one of the things I just love about the Bible is how practical God's Word is. It gives us answers to every struggle we face. You know what? Whether we're a believer or not, there's answers there for us. And as we'll look at it in just a moment, I think it's, you know what? I think it's great, guys. I think it's great when we study the Bible. I think it's great when we know it. I think it's great when we know about this person or that person or where this book is or that book is or all these little details. I think that's great, you know? But if we fail to learn how to apply God's Word, what good is it? So this morning, we're going to look at two verses, two verses, whether uh, if you've been a follower of Christ for any length of time, I know that you've probably heard them before. And again, it comes from Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 2. And we're going to read these together, okay? Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 2. It says this, Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Here's the thing, guys. Okay, listen up. Here's the thing. Here's the takeaway this morning. Here is the bottom line, the one thing that I want you to catch more than anything else this morning. To avoid separation. And when I talk about that, this is what I mean. When I say separation, I'm talking about separating God from certain parts of your life. To avoid separation, there must be transformation. To avoid separation, there must be transformation. To avoid separation, there must be transformation. You know, if you look here, the first thing he says is, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices. Right? And the first thing we see here is that he's addressing those of us who have given our lives to Jesus. Because if we haven't, really, then the rest of this is not going to be of much help, is it? Okay? But I'm, I'm all, and I'm also going to go out on a limb here this morning, if I can, that all of you guys, our graduates this morning, have given our lives to Jesus Christ. So this is perfect. The next thing he says there is that if we, that we are to offer, or we're to give our bodies as living sacrifices. Notice how he doesn't say, guys, that we're to give him part of our life, or we're to give him the part that works best for us. He doesn't say, you know what, offer me 90 minutes on Sunday morning in church on Sundays, but he says to offer all of our bodies. Jesus expects that you and I, if we're followers of Christ, that we're going to possess a desire, because you know what, he did something incredible for us on the cross, did he not? And because of that, he's looking for us to honor him with every part of our life. To honor him in our morals, to honor him in our relationships with those our friends, those of the opposite sex. To honor him with how we spend our time. And again, I believe that for most of us, you guys, you're followers of Christ. Again, you know this. Your parents have told you this. Your, your, Your teachers here at church have told you this. You've been to convention. You've heard convention speakers tell you this. You know this. But just because we know it doesn't make it easy, does it? 
doesn't make it easy. It requires huge sacrifices. It requires us to separate ourselves from some of the things that maybe our friends are going to participate in in college. It's going to require sacrifice. It's going to require us to act differently, to choose different things, to do things different from the way that our culture does things around us. It's tough. Listen, guys, look up here. I understand this. I really do. I, I know some of you might think that I'm a little naive, but I'm really not. I've been there before, and I understand how tough this is. I understand how tough it is now at my age. But God desires, matter, matter of fact, can I even say God deserves every part of my life? Our words, my actions, my thoughts, all of that. And again, not just simply what you do in a church service when you come on Sunday, not just simply what you do when you're by yourself with God alone. So he's encouraging us to avoid separation, keeping this idea of keeping God out of certain parts of our life. Now, how does that happen? First part of verse 2, transformation. Transformation. It says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. To avoid, to avoid separation, there must be transformation. So how do we keep God in every part of our lives? How do we avoid separation? Well, it starts with the first half of that verse. What does it say? Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. Again, I know this is not going to be easy. We're going to talk in just a moment about how you can do this. But here's the thing. I think Paul knew, I think God knew, that you and I would feel a real pressure to conform to what's going on in our world. You know, it's true in Paul's day, and it's true in yours. And as you all know, the world, as Pastor was talking about a few months ago when he talked about culture, has its own way of squeezing you into its own mold. You know what I'm talking about, right? Be selfish. It's okay. I mean, get what you want. I mean, go get what you deserve. You know what? You don't even have to forgive anybody. If you don't want to, that's fine. Matter of fact, if you want to get back at them, go ahead and get back at them. You deserve to. You know what you watch on TV? Really, you know what? It's really not going to harm your life. And for us this morning, for you guys this morning, listen up. There is a major push from our world to get you to believe that God doesn't have to be a part of every part of your life. Come on, Pastor Al. Does he really need to be a part of every part of my life? Absolutely. See, our world tells us, you know what? Keep your little Jesus over here. Bring him out on Sunday mornings. When you get done, you can go ahead and put him right back in the box. I know that might be silly, but it's exactly what happens. And so for most of us, we're going to have to push. We're going to have to claw. We're going to have to do all that we can with God's help to resist conforming. And so knowing that just trying to conform wasn't enough, Paul gives us the key to really all of this. How do we resist the temptation to keep God out of certain parts of our lives? He says right there, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You see, it's going to take more than me just telling you, you know what, don't do that. Don't compartmentalize your faith. To avoid separation, there must be transformation. There's going to have to be transformation, a complete change that's going to take place in your life and my life. And it's going to have to take place in your mind, he says there, the renewing of your mind, right? Our minds are going to have to be transformed into God's way of thinking, which is, again, the opposite of what our culture says. And the only way that's going to happen, and again, you know this, you've been taught this for a long time. 
by reading God's word and meditating on it. You know that. We have to learn what it means. We're, we're going to have to read it. We're going to have to study it. We're going to have to ask questions of it. And then we're going to need to learn again how that word applies to us. Because there's that word again, application really is everything. Listen, guys, this, is, this morning, this is why we give you a Bible every year. And I know maybe you're thinking maybe that's the church thing to do. That's not why we give it to you. It's important. You see, once God's word truly gets buried in your mind, it will allow your life and my life to be led under the direction of Jesus. And once I'm able to do that, once I'm able to do that, I'm going to be successful at keeping God at every part of my life. To avoid separation, there must be transformation. And here, this is why this is so important. Again, it's not just because it's the Christian thing to do, but there's something so much better. The second part of verse 2 says, then, conditional, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, His pleasing, His perfect will, by keeping God in every part of our lives, because we've refused to conform to the world, but rather we've transformed our mind, we can experience God's best. And isn't that what you want? Isn't that deep down inside in your life? Isn't that what you want, God's best, in every area? Your private life, your personal life, your public life. Isn't that what you want, God's best? And, and don't we all know that, and haven't we all been taught that, that, that God's will is the best way? Have you guys been taught that, right? You and I can experience that when we invite Him into every part of our lives. And while this doesn't mean, check this out, while this doesn't mean that we're going to avoid every hardship or problem or challenge, because we're going to go through some of that. We're going to go through some of that. God, because God doesn't promise us a problem-free life. You know that. And so when things get difficult, even when God's involved in everything you do, don't give up. Don't give up. Because it says there, God's will is perfect. Just because things, you know, just because things... Uh, get tough doesn't mean he's not there. Matter of fact, maybe he's got something bigger and something better. Maybe you've already experienced that. You know, don't throw in a towel. Don't give up. Don't cave in. Because God is present and he's working on our behalf. You see, it pays more than you think to keep God at every part of our life. That is why we need to avoid separation. But how does that happen? Transformation. Good, you are paying attention, right? Transformation. So what's all, this, what's all this mean to you? What's this mean to you, the graduate? What's this mean to you, everybody else that's sitting here? What, what do we do with what we just learned here? First of all, let me just speak real quickly to, to, to our graduates this morning. You know, in the next couple of weeks, specifically, and not just next couple of weeks, but the rest of your life, but specifically speaking in the next couple of weeks, you are going to have opportunities to leave God out of certain parts of your life. Whether that's being at a graduation party and afterwards when everybody's done, just having a few drinks with everybody, you're going to have that opportunity probably. Maybe it's an opportunity. Maybe it's got something to do with school. Don't know exactly what you're doing. Don't exactly know how the money's going to come. We don't know any of that stuff. You're going to have an opportunity to take care of that yourself and leave God out of the picture. You're going to have an opportunity, because I know some of you guys, you're 18 now, right? So most of you guys are 18. You guys are graduating from high school. 
you're still living at home with mom and dad, and you're kind of thinking, you know what, I, I could pretty much do whatever I want now because I'm kind of here, and so you may not want to listen to what your parents have got to say. I, I know that. You're going you're to be there. And here's what I want to ask of you. I want to ask of you, when that happens, that you will consider what you heard this morning. That you will consider, that you will consider not leaving God out of the equation. That you will consider asking Him to be a part of every decision in that moment. I want to ask you to consider experiencing God's best for your life and allowing Him to bless you. And you know what, for the rest of us, it's kind of the same thing. This morning, you know what, sometime, probably even today, you are going to have an opportunity to leave God out of certain parts of your life. I guarantee it, even today. Maybe you leave here, maybe you go to the store afterwards, maybe you go to a restaurant, something like that. Maybe it's somebody in this church that you know that you need to offer forgiveness to. You know that you've been holding bitterness, but you're just like, oh, and I, you know what, I'd like to do this the right way, but... Or maybe you're going to leave here later on today, and it's a financial decision. Something that you've been wanting to get for yourself, maybe it's a, maybe it's a big purchase... But if you do that, you're going to put yourself further in debt, put your family further in debt. Or maybe, God forbid, sometime later today, you're going to have an opportunity to be unfaithful to your spouse. And you're just going to be like, well, I'd, I'd like to have God in that situation, but you know what? As long as nobody else notices, maybe it's not that big a deal. I just want to ask you as well, I want to ask you as well to consider what you've heard this morning. To consider giving God a try. Would you at least once invite Him into an area of your life that you've been shutting Him out of? Would you consider that so that you can experience this perfect will? And for all of us again this morning, would you start the process of transforming your life, renewing your mind? Because again, that's the starting point for all of us here as we seek to keep God in everything that we do. And again, not just pulling God's word out on Sunday so you can you know, listen to the preacher or whatever, and not just going to it for when you need something, but reading it, studying it, asking questions of it, and meditating on it all day long. And as we do that, it will begin to transform our minds, and it will begin to help us, to remind us to bring Christ into everything we do. Remember to avoid separation, there must be transformation. Where's Josh at? Josh, can you come up and give me a hand? Josh is just going to come up. He's going to play the guitar for me. This morning, we want to again congratulate you on a job well done. Enjoy it like the rest of us have had an opportunity to do as well. However, life, life for you is just beginning. There is so much more life beyond the yearbook. There is a life in which many have messed up. Many have experienced unnecessary pain, unnecessary, uh, there's regrets. Christian students just like yourself who've had parents and teachers and people from church speaking into your life. And one of the reasons is because they didn't invite God didn't invite their faith into every part of their life. 
And again, I don't, I don't share that with you to, to scare any of you, but try to motivate you more, more than anything else. Because see, here's the thing. All of us here, everybody here, your parents are here, the church staff that are here, and we believe in you. And this morning, I, I want you to dream a little bit with me. Can we do that this morning? I want to dream just a few moments, just for a minute, about this class right here, 2011, Fairhaven Assembly of God, this class, let's dream just for a minute, just for a minute. Imagine, okay? Imagine a group of students who didn't cave into culture, but created it. Created a culture that said, you know what, God needs to be in every part. Not just on Sundays. Imagine a group of students 10 years from now experiencing healthy families, healthy marriages things like that. And how is that possible? Because they sought God every step of the way. Imagine a group of students who experience incredible careers and vibrant ministry in whatever church that you're involved in 10 years from now. Why? Because they sought God's plan. Not what their friends said. Imagine a group of students 10 years from now. Ten years from now, who are just on fire for God. Imagine a group of students who over the course of these next ten years, as statistics show us, well, most of them will turn their backs to God and then come back. Imagine a group of students ten years from now who never turn their back from God. Can that happen? I believe so. I believe God's word says so. But to avoid separation... There must be transformation. Then you can experience God's good, pleasing, and perfect will for your life. This morning, I, I just want to I just want to finish by praying for our, all of our graduates this morning. And so what I'm going to do is I'm just ask you guys if you'll just kind of come up front and just kind of. Uh, come and stand and kind of space out just a little bit so there's some room because we're going to invite some people to come and stand with you and pray with you. Can you come on up? Just kind of spread out a little bit. We're going to first of all ask, we're going to ask um, parents if you want to come up, your child's up, you want to come up and no, turn around and face me up this way, okay? I want to see your faces still. Uh, I'm ask parents if, if they'll come up and they'll just stand behind these guys as we pray for them real quick. Or maybe... Uh, Maybe you see somebody up here, they don't have a parent with them, and you want to come and stand with them because maybe you uh, know them, or maybe you're a grandparent or something, you know, you got this real special attachment to someone. If you want to come up and, and do that, we're going to just ask you to stand behind them, as we always do, and just pray for them. And as they're making their way doing that, and, and I don't mind having a few extra people up here all this morning, but maybe you're just, maybe you're just a friend, okay? Maybe you're just a friend somebody that's up here. Man, come stand with them real quick. Would you just come stand? Let's, let's pray for them and, and let's just ask God to be with them. See, I want to say this, but I'm afraid that if I say it and I look at you, then I'll lose my emotions, so I'm not gonna. Okay? You know, I, I, I really do believe, like I said, that over the course of these next 10 years, that you don't have to follow in the footsteps of those statistics that say, you know what, I'm just going to kind of give up on my faith for a little while. I'm going to do my own thing. And then, you know, then I'm going to get married. I'm going to have kids. And then I'm going to come back. 
when for some reason it all begins to sink in then, don't know why. But I believe that you can be people, and you can be students who are creating culture, and you are the ones that can allow God to do some incredible things in your life. But again, to avoid that separation, it has to be transformation. Can we pray? And would you stand with me this morning? We're just going to pray for them. And then when we get done, we're going to have a cake reception again in the uh, foyer. But pray with me real quick, would you? God, I thank you for each one of these students that are represented here this morning. Thank you for all the incredible things that you've done over these last 18 years in their lives. And I know they look at their lives and some of them could probably even stand here and remember what it was like way back in elementary school and when they thought it would never even come and now all of a sudden it's here and, and for some of them it's exciting. For a lot of them it's exciting but deep inside too it's also a little scary as they try to figure out what's going on. And, and God, I don't share those statistics with them to to scare them or how people just pull away eventually. But God, we, we share that because we want to just motivate them. God, we want them to understand that they have the ability to do something different. That they have the ability, God, not to cave into culture, but to create it. They have the ability to remain faithful to you, God, to, to not turn away. God, when, when there's that temptation, God, to leave you out of certain parts of their lives, would you just drill it in their lives, God, to invite you into every single part of what they do. And as they do that, God, help them. God, notice where those moments are, where those things are in which you're showing up. And God, you're doing wonderful things in their lives. I pray that you'll help them to know that. I pray for every person here this morning as we're given opportunities today and in the next couple weeks, God, to leave you out. God, that we would consider what we heard this morning and we would consider inviting you into every single decision that we make, that we would all choose God, to avoid that separation. But give us the motivation that we need to see that transformation take place in our life. Oh, God, again, I commit each one of them to you. God, we look forward to hearing what you're going to be doing over the next few years to come. God, go with them, protect them. God, be their God. We ask this all in Jesus' name, amen.